for bed after the show when it's done. We're going to be real ready. Shout out to all of our listeners, our followers, our subscribers. We appreciate y'all. We are back for another episode, another installment. It's only three of us tonight. One is out for COVID protocol. Uh, contact <laughs> tracing, he has to be out for about 10 days uh, is looking like. So he won't be able to make it tonight. Miles, uh, you know, do it for the ladies. Davenport is out on injured reserve, but I'm joined by two of the big four. CJ in the building. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Doing good. Feel like uh, it's a little past my bedtime. You know, we taping this a little late tonight because, you know, Greg thinks the show revolves around him and he can just come on whenever he wants to. But um, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that another time, but we're managing, you know, we're talking sports, so uh, <laughs> it'll oh. definitely be uh, interesting. Greg, G-Baby, um, debate with your mother, how you doing? I'm good, bro. You see Chris is over here throwing shots. <laughs> ah, my, my man has no respect for anybody else's time, but it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I take a shower, but these crows don't happen by mistake, man. This is, this Yo, is I, bro, you I, had all night to Chris, take a shower. what I told you. I told you, yo, so before we have thought, he's like, yo, where Greg at? What he doing? I said, he probably taking a shower on everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about Greg. He only likes to wash himself after 930. I had to get some ease, bro, for the crib and then I had to take a shower. So, you know, now nah, I'm not nah, ready, though. I'm ready, man. You know, we got a good show ahead of, we got a good show ahead of us. We're going to get straight into it. Uh, I guess we can start off with some basketball talk right here. Uh, Tibbs, Coach Thibodeau has the Knicks as a fourth seed. Of course, just like a Knicks fan, um, we're talking about the Knicks, and the Knicks fan on the show does not show up today for Crazy. you know certain reasons and whatnot. They, he might be celebrating because – we saw the video. The <laughs> New York and Manhattan was throwing a Super Bowl party because the Knicks are one game over 500. Um, four seed in the East <laughs> right now. Is Tibbs coach of the year? Do you think he's going to be able to get it um, with how the Knicks are doing, which is the best record they've had, the best start since 2012-2013 Knicks squad, where it was Melo and the retirees. 
Yeah, I, I think like like if you look at it like that, right? This is the first time in a long time that we're talking about the Knicks over 500 uh, this far into the season. Like, I mean, they've won 18 out of their you know their first 35 games so far. And one thing to to note about these Knicks is, man, the team is bought in. You know, they're on their way to to making the playoffs. He's on his way to becoming you know coach of the year. Um, you know that that type of title doesn't just mean like, hey, you win a you win a championship, you know, your coach of the year, right? It's about other things. He's turning that franchise around. Um, you know, this team is playing for each other. They pride themselves on on defense, and you know, the way that their effort comes into play, you know, every night and, and whatnot. They're getting blocked shots. They're a paint heavy team. Nerlens Noel, you saw him the other night, three blocks and. You know, they're, they're just – their effort's different, and you can tell the energy's different. They're having fun out there. Julius Randle's smiling game after game. Like, you can tell them boys care about each other and that they're balling, um, and they want to prove and, and change the culture in, in, in New York. So um, that's such a, a dominant market, obviously the number one market in, in basketball, and, uh, you know, they, they want to turn their season around, and you can tell they're playing for Coach Tibbs. Greg, Brooklyn – <laughs> they doing their thing as we expected. Knicks are doing well also, which wasn't expected. Takeaways on this Knicks season. Do we need to pump the brakes on this? Uh, on the t- Tibbs, I'll start by saying this. Tibbs deserves coach of the year. Like, I mean, if you just did it a quarter of the year of the way through the year, right? Which is or about halfway, I think we are now. Yeah, he deserves coach of the year. Um but there's already been a precedent sent for this. He's not going to win. He's not going to win it. I've seen this movie happen before. Kenny Atkinson deserved coach of the year. Um, what year was this? Was this 2014, 2015 with D'Angelo, Spencer Dimity, and all those guys playing well. They were 41 and 41. They snuck in the playoffs with a team that had no business being there, and he didn't win it, right? They, they, this is this happens. There's a formula. Like, I, I always tell people, blame the writers. Like, it's no different than the MVP conversation. They have the same formula they use for coaches. Coaching the best team in the NBA, best record, typically going to win coach of the year. So Mike Budenholzer won the last couple of years with the Bucs if they had the best record. This year is going to go to Quinn Snyder with Utah. That's what's going to happen. It's just guaranteed. So he won't win it. I think he deserves – I think he deserves it. I think he – I mean, obviously you want to see where they finish the year. I'll be honest with you. I don't think the Knicks are going to finish top four in the East um, at all. I think Miami took the first two months of the season off because they had to, shoot, to deal with the shortest offseason in NBA history, and now they got Jimmy Butler out there balling, playing great. And so they're going to make a series. They're going to they're gonna shoot their way back up into the top three, top four seeds in the East. Um, the Celtics are going to make it a run at this thing, too, and play better basketball down the stretch, too, right? They were, they're not that they're not that bad of a team, right? Um, so they're going to come back and play well, too. But the Knicks are going to make the playoffs, which is a huge accomplishment. And he should definitely. I think he. I think he deserves it. I think he deserves Coach of the Year. He just won't win it because that's the way this thing goes. It's just it's sad. Yeah, concerning. You mentioned Atkinson not getting it. I think if he is going to still even be considered for it, they have to make the playoffs. They can't end up being mm. out of it. Ninth seed. It's only been one coach to ever win coach of the year and not make the playoffs, which was Doc Rivers, and they had a 41-41 and record. I think he needs to make the playoffs to keep him in the conversation. And if he really wants to be a threat in that conversation, he has to be in that top four seed. I don't think they're going to stay top four seed, but they're going to have to be if 
he has a shooter's chance of getting that coach of the year over a, a Quinn Snyder, who I don't think deserves it. But he'll win. He'll win. Yeah, he'll, he'll win it. But like you said, uh, for me, when it comes to Quinn Snyder, the Jazz, yeah, they're the number one seed, but they've been good over the last four or five years. This isn't too crazy for them to be a number one seed right now in a awkward season. So many different players being out and the COVID protocols. But you see, like, they even losing tonight against the Pelicans. So they might not, you know, finish with that number one seed. They might hit a, a wall and might not be able to. There's a chance that happens. Yeah, there's a chance that happens. I mean, they have the best record in the league right now. He's got the nice cushion. The league is weird this year. All these teams are really close. Everything's jam-packed. If you look at it from the top, the top seeds perspective on each side, the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference, all, the, all these races are close. All these races are close. Everyone's tight. The Clippers, the Lakers, and um, and Utah are all real tight. And then obviously you've got the Nets and Sixers right there too. So um, it, it, it's tight, and it could go any way, which is which is good for Dibs. That helps him in this case. But you, I think you're right. You, if you don't finish at least, in my opinion, top five or top five in the Eastern Conference this year with how with how shaky things have been, um, I don't know that he wins. I don't know that he wins coach of the year. And also, if we're going to do play this game, the coach from the Hornets, James Borrego, has done a really good job with that team, too. They're, they're winning games. That, they remind me of the Nets team more than this Knicks team does. Um, they really do. Like, the, the young core of guards, obviously, you've got LaMelo. We know what he is. But Malik Monk playing much better basketball than he has throughout his career. P.J. Washington, who I've always liked. I've always loved this game. Um, doing what he does, having 40, a 40 clip last night on the road against the Kings. Um, and I know the Kings will play any defense. They're allergic, they're allergic to it. But still, it, it's to win those kind of games, those, that, those are culture-changing kind of wins on the road. Those are wins that teams in the East just don't get. They don't get them. So, um, or at least the bad teams don't. So, on those West Coast road swings. So, it, it, it's it's impressive, and he deserves consideration, too. If we're going to talk about Tibbs, got to talk about him, too, because he's got him in the playoffs. And who knows? Maybe, maybe they beat the Blazers tonight. Like, for real. Like, that team doesn't know any better. They're young. They go out there and play hard. And so I feel like it's a lot. It's very similar to the Knicks, too. LaMelo Ball, Rookie of the Year. Um, it's a lot. We've had this discussion. Arguably's top 10 point guard right now. And you mentioned Malik Monk. He already said his game has improved because of LaMelo. It's true. P.J. Washington, LaMelo. Like, he's playing a huge factor in their success, along with Gordon Hayward. But you mentioned the Clippers. They lose. They lost to the Bucks. They had a lead set up seven points with four minutes left. Their two main stars um, seem to have disappeared at the end of that game. Giannis had a huge game, and the Bucks are on a five-game winning streak now. Have the Bucks figured it out? Are they back into their groove? And is this just the Clippers being the Clippers? <laughs> I, I think for for the for the Bucks, man. I think we need to see more for them to before we can say, hey, have they figured it out? But in, ter in terms of last night, that's the Giannis that, that we all love and that we all want to see night after night. But his inconsistency to give us that performance night after night, being as big as he is and um, as dominant as he as he should be, you know, we just haven't seen that from, from him consistently enough. But I think the problem last night, and I watched the game, Greg, earlier today, I went into the office and I, I worked in the office. So I pulled up the game and I was, you know, I was just sitting in the office watching it. Um, and, and what stood out to me was just 
Paul George and, and Kawhi not being able to to hit those big time shots when it when it mattered. And, and we talked about it consistently uh, with Paul George last year being in the bubble and, uh, you know, what NBA players think of him now. And, uh, you know, for, for Paul George, man, like this is this is your year to shine. This is your year to, to change the narrative of, of what other players think of you and, uh, you know, what you can do in the postseason and what you can do even in the regular season when the, you play these tough games and, and you need to come away with the win. Like between him and Kawhi last night, they were over six in clutch time shots against uh, when, when guarded by Chris Middleton and, uh, and Giannis. Oh, for six. You saw the miss by Kawhi at the end of the game, but Paul George has some misses too. And I think in those big type of games, like he's not doing enough. 16 points isn't going to cut it when, when Giannis is killing out there by himself. 36 points, had a huge fourth quarter. And the one thing I love about Giannis's game is like, you know, sometimes I think when he plays, he really doesn't realize how big he is until he gets a basket. And he's like, oh, okay, it was that easy. Let me go down and do it again. And that's where you see that that domino effect and that consistent effort. He was playing hard all game. He was playing defense. He had the block shot against Zubak, um, you know, towards towards the end and whatnot. But you know, Giannis Giannis is big. He can be at the free throw line, right, and have that drop back step. And he's already at the rim. Like, get out of his way. Like, he you saw the post up on Pat Bev. Like, he's he he's realizing how big he is and how dominant he can be. And you saw him having fun last night too. And I think. This is this is how you get that that narrative to change for your season. They started off uh, February with going over. No, they started off February winning the first five games um, in February, and then they went on an zero and five losing streak up until last night. But you saw the energy change. You saw the shift. You you saw you know just the hard work collectively among the team, and and ultimately Giannis like realizing, hey, I'm still a killer in this league, and like if he brings that consistently and, and finds that drive within him to take over games like he did last night, there's no reason why the Bucks shouldn't be able to turn it around. Giannis, 36, 14 boards, five assists, one steal, four blocks. And Man, it was balling. two for seven from three. He knocked down two three-pointers. He was taking the three-pointers. Yep. Looking at Paul George, seven for 21, two for 10 from three. Seven rebounds, seven assists, plus minus of a minus two. Kawhi, not that much better. 10 for 21, two for six, five rebounds, nine, nine rebounds, three assists. Greg. G, baby. <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> I'm not going to hold on. I'll, I'll tackle the honest thing later. Um, the Clippers' issues were on full display yesterday. That's what it is, okay? They are not a good defensive team. They don't play great defensively. They have holes defensively. They, they have Nick Batum on the court way too much, and other teams can exploit that, and they go after him every single time. And they don't 30 have point minutes. 30 minutes Nick Batum in a big primetime game. That's going to kill them in the playoffs. Kill them in the playoffs. It's going to – they're going to lose a series they shouldn't lose again because – that just because of that alone, right? And then you factor in the fact that <laughs> – I have my criticisms of Kawhi Leonard, but I'll leave Kawhi out of this for a second. Paul George, it's exactly what I said. We had a podcast earlier this year we did, one of my first ones where I talked about my problem with Paul George. My problem with Paul George, for all the people who may be new to this, is that he doesn't get enough shots near to the basket. Near the basket. 
He doesn't get enough shots near the basket. He doesn't get enough easy looks. They're, they're, everything is hard. Everything's a step back. Everything's a, a, a turnaround fade. Everything's a, a off-the-dribble jump shot. Those are high-percentage shots. I mean, for him, yes, as good as he is, he, most nights, he's going to look really good crying your favorite player. That's how that's, – Paul George is talented. No one's questioning that. But because he doesn't get easy looks in the basket, it makes his life really difficult. And in turn, it makes his team's life really difficult because when you need a basket down the stretch – and teams are really honing in on you, and let's say you're having a bad shooting night the way you did last night, what do you do? You're not getting any – you're not even drawing fouls. You're not even drawing fouls. You said – what was it, one for ten from the from, ten, from three? Or two for ten? Two for – hey, two for ten from three and zero free throw attempts last night. Zero. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not – I'm not making this up, folks. Like, I, you, you've seen this for a long time with him. He doesn't get to the basket, and I think it's a mental thing with him because of the injury, and I'm giving him a way out here. You know, I'm giving him a way out here because I know we know what people on the league think about him. You can read lips. You know what they call him in the league right now. All right. And he's playing like that. He's really playing like that right now because he doesn't go to the basket. He doesn't go to the basket strong. He doesn't get easy looks. He doesn't draw fouls. Every other star in the NBA, just think about it. There's no other superstar in the NBA who, do, who does this. Guys, even the best shooters in the NBA, even Steph Curry draws fouls. He gets to the free throw line. He gets to the basket. He has an assortment of floaters he can get to. CP3 has it. James Harden has it. Russell West, like, right? You can name them. You can name guys who have dominated the NBA over the last 10 to 15. In fact, throughout the entire history of the league, who get to the basket and get easy buckets. And he can't do it. He does, he, it's not that he can't. It's that he doesn't. He doesn't. He's, he's, it's like he shies away from contact. And um, that's what happens with nights like last night. Over 60 crunch time with paired with Kawhi. And we'll get to Kawhi. But paired with Kawhi because you're not getting the easy ones. You don't get the easy baskets. You don't draw the fouls. Free throws help you get in rhythm as a basketball player. You need to see the ball go in the basket, get to the line. Everyone knows this, and he doesn't do that. So that's really his main weakness. And he's he a big reason why he, I think he ran to the bag when he had the chance, because I don't know that it's all there right now with him. And he understands that, like, that, that value is going to start to trickle. It's going to start, he's going to start to lose value here as this continues, um, as, this, as the poor play continues. But um, with Kawhi, I said this earlier on one of the pods, too. And I don't know that it got a lot of public, you know, it was public or publicized um, on our page. I don't know what people feel about this, but I've always felt like Kawhi is overrated. Always felt that way. Kawhi got drafted into the perfect situation for him in San Antonio, played for the greatest coach of all time, played with with the arguably the second greatest power forward of all time or the greatest, if you, you know, depending on how you like it, right? And he played with some great players in Ginobili and he had a great, he went to a great ecosystem and he never had to carry that load on his own. And people talk about him going to Toronto, but Toronto was good before he got there. They already had a great ecosystem in place. They had great up and coming young talent. He got to add to that. And he put in the finals, right? He goes there and, and, and also forget the, before the finals, he plays Philly and he plays the Bucks, two incredibly flawed teams, two teams that have perimeter players that cannot shoot, right? And you have a great defensive coach, Nick Nurse, who knows what he's doing. And and Pascal Siakam can give guys a hard time because he's long and he, he's a rangy guy. Um, so, yeah, he plays two flawed teams. He beats them. Great. Goes to the finals. Then the Warriors go decimated with injuries, right? Decimated with injuries throughout the series. If Klay Thompson doesn't get hurt when he does in that series late in the series, they might have even still won the series. Like, it's Kawhi has gotten a lot of praise and he's very good. But I don't know that he necessarily belongs in the top three conversation in the NBA. I don't. I don't know that he does, for real. I mean, he was drawing Jordan comp- comparisons in that run. 
I don't know if people remember this, but like it wasn't that long ago where he was talking about him and Jordan. Like, not saying he was better than Jordan, but just comparing them to him, saying their games are similar and all that. Like, that's high praise. So, you know, there's that piece of it. But I, I just think Kawhi's overrated. I don't think he's ever had to carry this much load of a load. And that's why I don't think he signed that long term deal this past summer because he realizes that, hey, this isn't the perfect ecosystem. This isn't the Raptors. This isn't the Spurs. I actually have to be like elite every night, every single night for us to win games. I have, and to win big and to and to get to where we need to go to get to the championship, I have to be a player that I've never been asked to really be. Like I've never had to do this because Kawhi's a great scorer, but he doesn't set the table for everybody the, the same way. He doesn't get everybody else easy looks. In fact, no one on the team can do that, and that's what superstars do. They can also not only are they elite scorers, they set the table and get easy baskets for everybody else. And Kawhi doesn't do that, and now there's Paul George, and Paul George don't go to the basket. So you want to see what's wrong with the Clippers? I just summed it up for y'all in a couple words. That's my, that's my take on that. Yeah, the Clippers looking at it as a team, they only had seven free throw attempts. They shot 31% from the three, 44 attempts, 14 for 44. Uh, looking at the bench, Morris Sr., Reggie Jackson, Lou Will, Zubac. I don't think that's enough in the West with how deep these teams are. Shoot, some Brooklyn, let's say by a miracle, the Clippers make the final. I don't think they have enough to go against a Brooklyn squad that is deeper than deep. So, I mean, I think people, you know, was trying to be hopeful and hoping the Clippers would figure it out. And, oh, we added Ty Lue as the head coach. Right. Looking at how they roster is, they're a good team. They're not a championship team. I don't see them winning a chip. I don't even see them getting into the Western Conference final. Paul George and Kawhi isn't enough them two, as much as people want it to be enough, those two isn't enough. And as Greg said, Batum can't play 30 minutes, bro. It, it can't. <laughs> a player that bad playing that long against good, good good teams? I mean, just watching the Nets play them, I was just watching Kyrie Iso over and over, and they weren't making adjustments. They didn't try to switch it. They just let it happen. Like, Ty Lue is horrible, Ty. That's horrible. I know he doesn't have a better defender on the bench, and I don't want to kill Ty Lue too much because, honestly, in the reality of it, yo, their, their problem wasn't the coach. It, firing Doc Rivers was counterproductive. It didn't do anything. If you fired Doc Rivers just because Paul George cheated on his daughter and it was too awkward for him to handle. That's really what it was. That's the reality of it. That's all it is, bro. And then Paul, and then Paul George kicks him on the way out. So it's, it's a lot of that, that that was behind the scenes there. But as far as the X's and O's, Doc Rivers is a great coach. He really is. He's getting the most of that Philly team right now. He is. And they got a ceiling. That team has a ceiling, the Sixers do. And he's getting the most out of them right now. They're the best they've ever been in the last, like, as far as I can remember. So th there's that there's that piece of it too. But, man, like, you, you look at it, that Clippers team don't have nobody that can set the table. There's no one that gets anyone easy baskets, including Paul George. Everything Paul George is difficult. He's a high-level shot, bro. Fadeaways. Kyrie's six feet. He's getting easier baskets than him. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. It's it's it's. That's why this team isn't. That's why this team is is really ultimately not that good. Like they have a ceiling too. They ain't gonna get knocked out by a team. They shouldn't get knocked out by in the playoffs. Denver. The Warriors would knock them out in a series. I think the Warriors would knock them out. The Warriors will give them will give them a hard time in the series. They give they keep them seven games, possibly knock them out. You mentioned Doc Rivers before we transition. Uh, something we got to watch with Doc too, though. Doc hasn't won a chip since those Celtics days, and he 
outside of even the Clippers situation, Paul George, but we've seen in past that, I mean, Phil Jackson even said it, between one of the uh, their finals matches, he does not make adjustments. So, Doc, doing a good job with Philly, but let's see if he's able to, at some point, maybe not this year, the year after that, is able to get back to the promised land himself. Transitioning, flag on the play, accept or decline. Jeremy Lin was called coronavirus by a player and has come out and said that he would not tell on that player, accept or decline. Except. So, I respect his decision not to tell on that player. That just shows to who he is as a man. And, hey, I'm going to deal with it at the end of the day. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and throw that person's name out there. If they, you know what I'm saying? If they want to come forward, they can come forward and say, hey, I called him this. I apologize. But I, the reason I accepted this is because of the fact that, like, it's got it's got to stop, man. This is nonsense. Like, this, like Jeremy Lin is a good player. He's balling in the G League right now over six games. But and we'll get to that when we talk about G League players that need to get called up. But um, yeah, man, it's it's, it's disrespectful. First of all, you know you you see the hate that's going on with uh, Asian Americans right now here here in New York City. You know it's happening daily as of the past few weeks and whatnot, and attacks on them. And you know whether this is a a verbal attack or physical attack, like it's still an attack and it's it's unnecessary. Completely agree. Um, he's better than me. I'm I'm saying his name. <laughs> You're hearing him out. I'm hearing him out. That check that check getting cut. You ain't getting no more checks, bro. <laughs> Yo, his reasoning for not airing him out was what I found the most interesting too. It was like, hey, like, what does this solve? You know, how does this help? end this issue if I just air him out that's just just one guy right he's clearly not the only person who feels this way and 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 he's not wrong in saying that but I think there should be some consequences to pay for saying something that reckless in the basketball court. and there's there's a line you don't cross um and I think there's some there should be consequences I also just think if you really if it boils down to you don't want to be the kid that told it's that tattletale mentality you don't want to get there but this is so much bigger than that and I would not blame him if he aired that dude out for what he said because it's it's just it's, it's unnecessary it's it's and, and more than unnecessary it's just straight up there's no place for it there's no place yeah. for it anywhere so that guy shouldn't get away with it and and sleep comfortably at night he probably he probably hasn't slept much for these last couple of nights knowing that Jeremy just sitting on this information like he put his name out there you might be out of here you might be done you know you're, you're the he's probably, low expense not yeah, only that too. be done yeah not only that but like this is this is like the era, right? The the time where where the league's trying to make that shift, and players are trying to make that shift, and use their voices to come together, and you know, Black Lives Matter movement, and and just create change, you know, with within their their space and, and their organization, and use their platform. So, for for old boy to come out and and, and call Jeremy Lin what he called him is is completely disrespectful, and and at the same time, like. I see where Jeremy Lin's coming from because Jeremy Lin probably knows in the back of his head there's an investigation going on and, and they're going to get him regardless. I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit up here and tell him. I'm going to make them, you know, do their investigation. He's going to get caught regardless, I think. Um, but at this, Jeremy Lin doesn't just want it coming from him. Again, it's that tattletale mentality. Yeah. MLK said it best. Justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And that's Black Lives, Asian American all lives. So, as y'all said, there's no place for this. There's no place for this either. 
Black want to play second one. Burglar, a home invasion individual, was caught thanks to Cheetos. Accept or decline. I need more information on this. Greg always needs more information on some nonsense. He be throwing out these crazy headlines, bro. <laughs> Sharon. All right. So Sharon Carr in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was caught um, a part of a home invasion. They were able to put her to the scene of the crime because there was Cheetos and water <laughs> left at the window where she broke in. They caught the Cheetos dust still stuck on her teeth and was arrested <laughs> from that. Yo, that's a, <laughs> yo, Cheetos need to endorse her when she get out. Right. <laughs> you know they probably will too. They do they have some pretty tasteless commercials. They would. Imagine getting caught doing a crime because you ain't brush your teeth. Like what? <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I'm sure they'll they'll recreate this whole scene in a commercial. Oh, they got you. That, that's their next Super Bowl commercial right there. It's golden. It, it, it writes itself. It's done. Yeah. It's done. She broke in. The person at the house ID'd her. Oh. And they found the, yeah. Next one. I just had to throw that one out there. I read that. I was like, there's no way. You You broke in. You seem to have got away. They catch you. They can't really prove it until they find out that you have Cheetos dust still on your teeth. Oh you can't. And I'm surprised this wasn't in Florida. This was in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's, a, that's a Florida story for real. Florida story for real. Last one, except or decline. Shaq believes James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant are five players that could possibly surpass Kobe Bryant's 81-point performance, accept or decline? I agree with that. Wait, the, the list is James Harden, Kyrie Irving, KD. Um, Devin also, Booker. D. Book, yeah, for sure. And Stephen Curry. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I think it's all facts. That's, uh, yeah, that's solid. I mean, those are all high scores on a regular night. We've seen them all put up 50-point games. You know, what's another 30, right? You have, a, you have one good quarter. That's all it takes. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. I could, that might happen this year. Like, I, I've been waiting for someone to pass that, honestly. Uh, like, in our lifetime. I mean, I, what what Kobe did was incredible because Kobe took a ton of free throws in that game. But a guy like James, theoretically, could do that on any given night. Like, James gets to the line a ton uh, when he's trying to score. Because of his, the, the way he's playing with the Nets now, he, it may not happen because he's trying to set the table for everybody else, make everybody else's life easy. But Kyrie could do it. I, I, I definitely think Kyrie could do it. Um and KD, go out. We know what he could do. Yeah, we, we know what KD is Steph can, too, because Steph, that's just one great night shooting threes. That's just one, like, epic night shooting. He can do that. He really can. If he plays a horrible basketball team, he's going to let him shoot all night. He can do that. So, yeah. Bro, Clay, when, when he, you know, what was it, three years ago, 2017? 60 yeah. points in three quarters? Like, you he give that man another quarter. quarter. He also oh. dribbled 11 times. Yeah. That <laughs> nice. Catch and shoot. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. The, the, the value of Draymond Green, by the way, most teams in the league can't do that on. But because he has the, the luxury of having Draymond Green on the team, hey, man, guess what? You get to take 11 dribbles and get 60 points. Stand right, stand right there in that corner. That's it. I'll get it to you. He's the point guard. <laughs> I think these names listed, um, 
outside of this season. We'll see, you know, where these players end up at. Kyrie, KD, Harton, they're all on the same team. I can't see it happening, at least this season, just because how their team is constructed. Harton is really just setting the table for everybody. He picks his spots when to score. Kyrie has still been that killer, but he's going to give you 25 or 30, and KD still got to get his points. So this year, maybe not, you know, with KD being out, maybe before this all-star break, before he comes back, you might see them go off. But with all three of them on the squad, I can see them all getting 41 night or something crazy like that. But I don't see how their team is currently constructed, that 81. D-Book with CP3 there. He's still figuring out that chemistry aspect and winning basketball 81. People could have had 60 last night. He could have had 60 last night. He had 40. I think he had 43 through the third. I, I saw some crazy number like that. He could score at will. I mean, it's because he's with CP that's a little different. Now, you're right. It's just hard to yeah. do that. Those little bad but, Suns teams, yeah, he, can get, he can get you 80. He got you 70. Yeah, these names definitely are scores of people that could do it. I think it just depends on their team's situation. But at any given night, yeah, they can get hot. Steph, I think, if we're talking specifically this season, is the one player that can definitely get it off this season because Oubre might not show up. Wiggins might still be back in Minnesota. Draymond <laughs> might be suspended. <laughs> Draymond might be suspended. And Wiseman is still figuring out rookie duties and whatnot. I could see Steph this season possibly being able to get it. We mentioned the G League, G League call-ups. Um, we've been talking, me and Greg, we've talked to Dion, Coach Mingo. Mm. He has given very um, interesting takes on how he does not believe Briscoe and Miles Powell should be called up. He doesn't think they're NBA players. It's been a lot of back and forth on who should be called up. Greg, I want you to go first because I know you – watch the G League very closely on from the G League at night, looking at those players that will be coming into the draft and, of course, the local team. So who do you see as good candidates to be called up? There are a lot of guys, and it's already been happening. It's already been happening with a lot of guys who have been called up. But if I'm, if I'm get, you know, just giving you a couple guys, <laughs> Miles Powell is definitely one of them that deserves – and calling calling him up is – it's. Yeah, I'm using that term lightly because I guess he was an undrafted free agent, but he deserves he deserves he deserves to be in the NBA. He deserves to be in the league. So I'm going Miles Powell. Um, I'm gonna give show some love to a guy who I, I didn't think would impress me this much, but Luke King has done an amazing job with that Westchester Knicks team too. He's shooting 50% from three and he's six eight. Yeah, he just he belongs in the NBA. You will find you, you can you can find that guy a job on an NBA roster shooting 50% from three. So Luke King is another guy I, that really stood out to me too. And I don't know that Nico Mannion – Nico Mannion can play in the NBA, but he's just been really, really, really impressive. Nico Mannion playing alongside Jeremy Lin, another guy who can be – who should be in the NBA and should have a backup point guard job in the NBA here um, at some point real soon. Um, I think he'll get called up when the, when the rosters expand, expand heading towards the playoffs. But Nico Mannion's been impressive. Jeremy Lin as well. Um, I've also kept my eye on – obviously, you got the Ignite guys have been really, really, really impressive. Um Dude, even Jared Jack has looked good in points. I don't know that he's, you know what I'm saying? Like, even he's out here hooping, and he's he's an oldie. A lot of these young guys don't know Jared Jack, but he's a former net. I remember him those days. But he can play, man. He can get out there. He can still hoop, um, for real. So I, that, he deserves credit there, too. But if I'm looking at that Ignite team, that's where I really get excited because Jalen Green's hit his stride. 
Jalen Green hit his stride. And, and really what's happening is you got two guys, Kaminga and Jalen Green on the same team, vying for basically that that two and three spot in the draft, right? Or maybe the third spot in the draft, depending on how you look at it. Like, they're both competing with each other on a nightly basis. And Jalen Green's hitting jump shots at a crazy clip right now. He's showing you the whole package. and He's such a good scorer. Only concern I have with Jalen Green is, are you going to make your teammates better? That's it. Like, that's it. Or are you going to come in the league and be a great scorer and be more than Jason Tatum? You can't be your your team's number one option because you don't make everybody's life a little easier. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, Or just like their star, their superstar player that you build around. But he's he's so talented. Um, I'm super excited about all these guys coming out. Kaminga's really good too, but I have the same questions. Same question for him that I have for Jalen Green. You make guys' lives easier. You know, like, I don't see that. That's why I think that if you – I know I'm transitioning here a little bit, but if we think about the draft, and I know there's going to be a lot of arguments about who should go number one, I think it's a clear-cut number one. I think it's Cade Cunningham. It's Cade Cunningham going to get you 40, but he can also get you 15 assists on any given night. He's got that mold. So he's he's my guy, like, on that regard. But, yeah, as far as, like, guys in the league that are killing right now, I'm, I'm definitely leaving out some names of guys that have really, really played well. Um, as well. I mean, Isaiah Briscoe's played really, really well. Isaiah Briscoe could be in the league for sure. I think the only issue why, the only thing about Isaiah Briscoe and, and the only issue he may have is his shooting. Like, it, I don't I don't know how much it's better than it was when he first got into the league and um, when he played a little, when he had a short stint. But can, is it sustainable? Can he shoot at a high enough clip in the NBA to be respectable? I know he can score in the NBA. There's no question about that. But like every single person who's ever come on here has ever told us, who's played at a high level, it's, yo, it's about doing the job. That's it. Because the reality is TJ McConnell's not better than Isaiah Briscoe at basketball. He's not. But he does a good job of playing his role, and he doesn't make any mistakes, and that's what the team asked of him. So can Isaiah Briscoe come in and take a role like that and maybe do a little bit more in that role and, and star in that kind of role? Because that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. He's never going to be your starting point guard. I mean, it could happen, but I, I, it looks highly unlikely at this point, right? Unless there's a lot of injuries. So – um, that's his thing. But I, I definitely think he has a spot in the NBA as long as he can embrace a role, like a lot of these guys. Yeah, you mentioned Jeremy Lin and Nico Minion. You gotta you gotta mention them. Santa Cruz Warriors on an eight game winning streak, the most mm-hmm. energy like right now. They're number two overall at nine and three. CJ, you mentioned Jay Lynn earlier. Is Jay Lynn first on your list that needs to get called up? Are we getting Lynn Sanity part two? I don't think he's one of the first things that need to get called up, but I, I definitely think that, you know, he, he's shown that, you know, he's still got it. You know, he's averaging 20 points right now. He's played six games. I know it's a small sample size, but he's shooting 45% from three. And we've already seen what, he, what he's done in the league um, before he, he left and, and played in China and whatnot, and now he's back in the G League. But um, I think he could definitely come in and, and help a second team out defensively and uh, offensively as well, especially if he keeps up this high shooting percentage from from downtown, he can definitely be an asset to some team. But but Greg, we we've been high on Miles Powell for for a minute now. Um, you know, both of us well, when he when he went undrafted, uh, you know, kind of kind of shocking, right? But uh, at the same time, like we we knew like certain players don't belong in the G League. Like we, we you weren't worried, I wasn't worried when we when he was going to the G League. You knew he was going to come in. And he was going to produce right away, and that's what he's done. Twelve games, averaging seventeen points, forty-four percent from 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 three. So um, he's he, right there. Exactly, yeah, forty-four percent from three. He's picking up where he left off at Seton Hall, like showing he's a dog, he's a killer. Like 
And the thing about him, too, he's one of those players that makes other people better around him because when he gets to the lane, he's someone that can kick it out or he can take it himself. Talk about a guy like like Paul George when, when he gets to the lane, you know, he, he doesn't, um, you know, draw the foul or whatnot. Miles Powell, he, he's not afraid of contact. He'll get up in there. Um, he'll be aggressive. You know, he can face you up and, and – he he can do it all, man. Yeah, he, he isos you too. He's got it all. Exactly, the whole package. exactly. He's a he's he's a strong player, man. So um, I had Jeremy Lin, I had Miles Powell, um, I had Nick Mannion. He he's also doing well. You know when when he was before he got sent down to to the uh, G League, he only played a few games with the Warriors, and he was only averaging like one point five points or whatever. But at, at the same time, like now he's killing too. Like he's he's shooting thirty six percent from uh, three. And I don't I don't watch them consistently like like Greg because I know Greg's high on the G League too and you know he, he's a big uh, advocate for for those players but at the same time like you Nick's Nick's one of those guys where you see his highlights all over the internet you see him on uh you know House of Highlights and whatnot and just what he does just because he's that like skilled of a player and he plays with that type of swag that's that's known in the league now like his handles and and just the way that um. He, the flashiness to his game, right? That's, that's huge uh, for, for highlights and, and for things like Instagram and whatnot. And he's a player that, that stands out not only because of his red hair and whatnot, but at the same time, like just the swag that he brings to the game and uh, you know, how he can impact the game in, in more ways than one. So, you know, he's averaging 19 points that damn near seven assists. And again, shooting uh, above 35% from, from three. So um Rightfully so. He's definitely someone that deserved to get called up. Jordan Poole got called up as well, recalled up. He was averaging 22 points. So um, happy for those guys, man. And I know uh, Steve Kerr had, had a lot of kind words to say about Jordan Poole. And this is work ethic from from last year, right? He, he said he had one of the best off seasons out of all the players, um, you know, that he's come to know in the league and just the work that he's put in with, with their coaches and whatnot. So I hope these guys make the most of their opportunity and, and really just uh, show that they belong and, and can be a valuable part of that, that second team. Yeah, you got to – I mean, we're going to have to, you know, keep saying it, but Miles Powell, I'll put him in there, one of the biggest concerns was his shooting. At Seton Hall, 37% from a three, I believe it was, and like 39% from the field overall. He's 40% on all fronts, and he's shooting around 85% from the free throw line. So you got to throw him in there. But I'm going to give two other names that some might know, some might be paying attention to, some might not know them. Henry Ellison, Raptors 805. You mm-hmm. got to put him up there. Six foot 10, shooting a rock, 37.5% from three. He mm-hmm. can do something along the lines of like a Duncan Robinson who's shooting around 39% from three. So this guy is shooting 2% lower than Duncan Robinson, who is considered definitely top 10 shooters right now in the league. Right. And then Jordan Bell, Airy Bayhawks, number one team, 10 and two. Jordan Bell, the biggest thing always was his offense. Looks like he's improved his offense, averaging 17 points. He's still getting the two blocks per game. They said he was supposed to be the next Draymond, next person to fill in when he's with the Warriors. Not really sure what happened with that, but it seems like he's doing his thing. So I think he needs to get a call up, um, get another shot. And I think he will at some point, and he'll make the most of it. I definitely see shades of Draymond. 
in his game, but it looks like he's getting the offensive package to go with it, which I think will help him stay into the league. Transitioning. Cap or facts? Before we get into our NFL talk, free agency is really right around the corner. Free agency is going to go crazy this year. It's been a crazy year in general. But before we get to that, cap or facts? Kevin Durant should be the only person using the moniker KD instead of cash doll. Cap or facts? Facts, right. Come on, man. First of all, Cash Doll ain't even a big enough deal in her space to use KD. She got to give it up. Is Cash Doll a big deal? Am I, am I tripping? Yeah, people, I, rock I, with, people rock with Cash Doll? I think the ladies do. I, I don't. I don't even know a lady who does. I feel like they know her as, as Cash Doll, though, not KD. <laughs> Yo, the tweet was funny, bro. <laughs> I saw that. Second one. <laughs> Steph Curry came out and said, teams still get pleasure of beating down the Warriors because of the success they had. Capital facts. Facts. Okay, yeah, he had it coming. Oh, yeah, they, they was going to pay for it. They was going to pay for all that. You, I, you think, people think we forget that Steph Curry, like, pulled his pants – or I like he pulled his pants down on the Cavs logo and act like he was, you know, doing number two, right? They got to keep it clean. They, they, Yo, I forgot they about that. We forget. I forgot. Steph was talking all types of reckless when the when the Warriors were like on top. Steph was out of pocket, and Steph get the Steph get the clean Christian boy. He gets all he gets all that. He gets all that. The image the image is perfect. The image is perfect, bro. Nah, we ain't forget Steph. Yet last night the Lakers went out there and they beat the brakes off them, and they lost last time with with AD on the floor. That they went to they went to LA and beat them. It's going to happen a lot more this season, bro. But, hey, I love Steph's game, and Steph should be a confident guy, and that's what makes him great. But Steph was out here talking all types of cash, and, and you're going to pay for it now. It, they, they was waiting for this. The league was waiting for this, bro. He's right. Facts. I think it's more so what you're alluding to is the disrespect. It's yes. not even so much. It was the way they went about winning. Like, you coming back that next year, Christmas Day, you got Steph, you got Aisha Curry talking like, I can still smell the champagne in the locker room. <laughs> oh. yeah, she was talking crazy, too. You know, talking Aisha talking about... Cheating. The league is cheating, Steph. Aisha talking about, hey, you know, I was pregnant, so I couldn't enjoy the festivities, but go ahead, win another one, babe, so I could drink with you. Like, yeah, I don't think teams are going to forget this for a while they're going to take great pleasure in it and it's still happening though even with the Warriors are not in obviously contention to win a championship no but every now and then Steph is going to do the little shimmy shake he's going to shoot it from the parking lot and turn around before it's even out of his hands so I think this is going to be his career period though people are going to want his head on a platter oh yeah Bro, it's the same in every sport. You don't you don't think people were excited this year, this past season in the NFL, kicking up on the Patriots and how garbage they were because they had no offensive weapons. You don't think you don't think players like long to play them, knowing that like, yo, this is our chance and it's gonna feel good shaking their hands at the end of the game because you're gonna see the disappointment in their face going up to Bill Belichick and being like, good game, knowing you just spanked them. I'll say so. Okay, so we have breaking news. What happened, Greg? 
Yo, well, there's a crazy finish with the Nets game. Um, DeJounte Murray just hit a <laughs> – it was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. Kyrie made a great move, missed the layup. DeJounte Murray comes down the court. He loses the ball. He gets it back. He shoots it at the buzzer, hits it. It's their tie going to OT right now. So, um, crazy finish. I'm really, I'm really just more mad at Kyrie blew the finish. DeJounte Murray, by the way, has been balling this yeah. season. He's been playing very well. Next, Capper Facts. The Cardinals overpaid for J.J. Watt. Cap or facts? Uh, this is a tough one. I you know me and me and Chris was going back and forth in the chat a little bit about this week. Um, I, I don't think they. I, I don't think they overpaid. I, I don't think they did. And the only reason why is because you got Kyle Murray on his rookie deal, and you only paid him for two years, and you probably can get out of that contract. And you've got Chandler Jones there, and you've got Isaiah Simmons there. You got a really good defense around him. It is a win now situation because Kyle Murray's shown you that he has MVP level talent, and you've got weapons around Kyler, and you're going to probably add more knowing them. They'll get another receiver because that's just what they do. Um, I, I I think they're in a really good situation. What they probably what they really need is a running game. They really want to be good. They need a running game. They throw the ball entirely way too much, and they rely too much on that throwing. And I I don't know that that's Clint Kingsbury style, but I I can tell you that throwing the ball 50 times a game is not. We need to have a running game, and they don't really have that. Ken Drake and Chase Edmonds, and they, they've done a good job, but they don't rely on the running game nearly enough. So it's either you're going to commit more to that piece of it to make yourself a viable team that can win a championship, um, or you're not. But as far as J.J. Watt, no, because you have Chandler Jones on the other side, one of them has to get doubled. And then you have Isaiah Simmons as well. You can blitz. It, it's, it's scary. Like, they're going to be a good defensive team. Or at least a good pass. You have a really good pass rush. And, they, and and by the way, this probably means that Hassan Reddick is going to be a free agent. And that is exciting news, not just if you're a Giants fan, but if you're a fan of any team that needs a, a pass rusher, he's going to be, he's going to hit the market because that kind of signing, it takes exactly, that takes out of Hassan Reddick's pockets because they, they didn't just went out and sign a pass rusher. That was your job. So now here we go. So this is exciting. Um, They didn't overpay for him, though, just considering what they have in place there. They're going to be a really, really good team, and they've upgraded for the interim. Let's hope that J.J. can stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, what, what was what was the deal? It was two years, 31, 30, 31 yeah. mil, but only 23, 23 is guaranteed, right? 23 yeah. is guaranteed after two years. I, I agree. I don't I don't think they overpaid for him, but I will say this, and we talked about it a few episodes ago on, on a few podcasts. He needs to produce this year. No matter what team he signed with, he needs to produce this year because he's been injured as of as the past uh, few seasons. And even when he wasn't injured this year, he played all 16 games and, and didn't didn't look like the J.J. Watt that we were used used to seeing. So, you know, yes, he's getting paid the bag and, it, and it's it's well deserved. And but this is, he, he didn't he didn't sign there for I personally, if you wanted to win, there's other places that, that you could assign. Right. But I think he was worried about his pockets and wanted to make sure he was set. I don't think he really prioritized winning a Super Bowl this year. Cause if you wanted to win a Super Bowl this year, you're not signing with the Cardinals. You go and sign with it with another team, uh, possibly the Packers with, with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you, you wouldn't sign with the Cardinals. So, I mean, I think, I think that decision kind of shocked a lot of people and it, and it shows. Um, but at the same time, now that you're doing it, you're, the the mindset behind it is and the expectation for for all of us and all the fans of football or you need to get this team into the playoffs right if people value you so high and we're paying or not we're but they're paying you 31 million dollars 
um, you got to do your part. He can't, he can't get injured again and have a season ended injury. He can't, you know, be below, you know, top five in, in, in sacks. It, he's got to have a big year. I agree. Yeah, I don't think you looking at it, obviously, I don't think winning was a priority. I mean, unless you're okay with eight and eight, nine and seven. Yeah. But hey, secure the bag, do what you gotta do as best for your family. Shoot. I mean, he really could have just wanted to be with his friend D. Hopkins. You know, he just reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> You saw that picture a few weeks ago, that hot post. He said, hey, let's, let's reunite. Come come join me. It was about the bread and the Every, snacks. And the it wind. had to be about the bread. It had to be about the bread. And, the, the, and the, beautiful, the beautiful scenery of Arizona, right? Arizona, bro. Arizona is very nice. I've heard nothing but good things about Arizona. It's not, you know, it's hot, but it's, it's a nice place to live. And so yeah, I think man. that he was definitely factoring that in when he made that decision. There are a lot of places that made a lot more sense. The, the Packers made more sense. They probably couldn't pay as much. But they made more sense than the Packers did. So um, I think that would have been a good decision for him, too. Ultimately, look, they're not winning the Super Bowl. They're going to be a fun team to watch. They were already a fun team to watch. It makes them more viable. I don't know that it, it takes them to another level in, their, in in this division because the Niners weren't the Niners last year. The Niners were watered-down version because of injuries. They had a yep. really bad year because of injuries. So you're still going to go Rams, number one. You still can go Niners, number two, if you'd like. I think Seattle takes a step back because – I don't know, and we can get we can talk about this in another episode. But I don't know that Russell Wilson is going to necessarily be a Seahawk. I'm not sure he's going to be a Seahawk. I'm really not. Um, we'll see. Um, I, I guess you have to take the higher chance he will be than he won't be because it's the NFL. But you you never know, man. You never you never know. Speaking of Russell Wilson and him possibly moving, transitioning to free agents. You know, we just talked about JJ Watt. He's obviously off the board now for free agents, quarterbacks, Jameis, Mitchell Trubisky, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Fitzpatrick. You got some notable mentions with Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton. We believe that Prescott is going to get franchise tag or in a dream world, he actually gets a deal done with Jerry Jones and them. We on the show do not believe that's happening. Any of these names do anything for you. Do you think any of them go anywhere and actually get a starting job out of the names I just mentioned? I think Jameis. I, I think Jameis signs with the Saints. And, and uh, if Drew Brees is, is really done and, and he hangs it up, which I think he should <laughs> be done, like go, go out as a legend. And even if he came back and had a bad year, he'd still go out as a, as a legend. But, hey, hey, everybody remembers that that final game that he played and he's walking back to the locker room. He looks back at the stadium. It kind of – you know, told a story there like, hey, this is probably it for me. I mean, the man had broken ribs and a collapsed lung. Like, those are significant injuries, like, that take a while to come back from, mainly mainly the collapsed lung. But at the same time, like, hang it up. Go be with your family, your Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, you've done – you've given the game everything you could possibly give the game, right? So, I think I think Jameis is the right man for, for uh, the Saints right now. But uh, only time will tell. I don't think anything's happening with, with these free agent quarterbacks until these trades all go down. It's a bad year to be a free agent quarterback because you're going to be waiting. You you got to you got to wait. Um, yeah, you have no choice uh, but to wait. And, and and because a lot of dominoes are the fall. 
Deshaun Watson's going to command four to five first round picks. I think five, but he's, he's going to go for a lot. And so, and then you also got if, if Russell goes, he's going for five. At, yeah, he's going for five, five first rounders, and or at least three, three first round picks, and then also you know great players as well that are mixed in. Um, so you know there you got to think about it that way. Like it's just going to take time for those dominoes to fall, and those those free agents are going to have to wait their turn. It just is, and they're going to get the they're going to get whatever's left after the chaos ensues. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how that all shakes out. I think that Cam is, could get a look from Washington. I think Washington's going to make a big swing. Washington apparently offered a first and a third for Stafford. Uh, the Lions, like, they're going to make a swing at a quarterback because they think that they can win. This, You know, they think they, they think that they have a shot. Um, so they're going to go after their quarterback for real. And, and, that, and, and so you're going to get a lot of – just a lot of mayhem before these guys actually get deals and actually get – whatever their market value is, if they get that at all. We'll see what happens. It's just a tough get a year. I think a lot of these guys go back to their respective teams, maybe even Cam. I know the Patriots are talking tough right now, but if they miss on a quarterback and don't get Mac Jones, who they apparently love so much, right, um, you know, they don't get him, then they're probably going to go back to him. I mean, what's your better option? Or Mariota maybe? Like, there'll be a little bit of roulette. The guys are moving around, but for the most part, the exciting things going to happen with the guys that are, aren't free agents, the guys that are going to get traded, that are demanding trades, because they're going to reshape the entire league. And then these guys will fall into place afterwards. Transition running backs. You got Aaron Jones, King and Drake, Philip Lindsay, Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson, James Conner, Mike Davis, Le'Veon Bell, who doesn't seem like himself anymore, or Todd Gurley. Do any of these names get picked up? Do they stay with their respective teams? I know we talked about it in the chat. None of these names do anything for you. What's your takes on these running backs? Mike Davis was productive last year for the Panthers. I liked him a lot, just watching him run. He ran hard. Um, I can see him. It, it depends on what the Panthers do and what they, well, how they're going to allocate their funds. Again, if they take – it all goes back to the quarterbacks. If they take a big swing at Deshaun Watson, they may not bring him back. They may not, and I, he may be relatively inexpensive, but that should be interesting too. James Conner, the, the Steelers had no run game, and he's going to pay for it, and it's not all his fault. They didn't commit to the run game, and their offense, offensive line did a bad job in terms of creating holes for him, so he's going to pay for that. It stinks, and I feel bad um, as well. But, you know, a lot of these names, again, are going to fall into place. Philip Lindsay had some really good years in the league. I, I, you know, he's going to hit the market, which I think is interesting. We'll see what happens. And the most and the interesting name out of all the running backs is Aaron Jones from the Packers. He's, he deserves he's in a, he deserves ten million dollars a year. We'll see if he gets it. He won't get it from the Packers. <laughs> Packers are notoriously cheap. They they was a, he was a fifth round pick. Going back to my point about how they don't use first rounders on anybody outside of maybe the defense and things of that nature. Um, so I don't think he's gonna come back there. But he'll be a good guy if any any team that's trying to contend can get and and then wants to bolster the running game. He's a very good running back. Um, yeah. and he catches the ball. He can play. He can play at all levels. So I like him too. But. Um, there's some play, there's there's some guys there that can end up on teams that will make a difference. I think Mike Davis is a guy, those sleeper picks that no one's gonna talk about. He ends up in the right situation. He could he could really be a difference maker. Yeah, I think I think Aaron Jones may may have played his last game with, with Green Bay just due to the fact that their center needs to get paid too, and uh, he's been with the team for for seven years. And would you rather break up that connection that Aaron Jones has with the center, or uh, you know, pay? I mean, not Aaron Jones, Aaron. Uh, Rodgers, Rodgers has has with the center. Um, 
or, or pay Aaron Jones. Uh, word is that they can't pay them both, and, and one of them's got to go. So it, it's going to be interesting to, to, to see who moves around. But other than that, man, Leonard Fournette is, is somebody I'm thinking about. I think he, he runs it back with, with Tampa Bay. Uh, if he's smart, I don't, I don't think he, – he's been, he's been the number one guy, right? And history shows he's, he's gotten injured a lot. He was asked to do a lot when he was with the Jaguars. They, they were a young team. Um, he was running the ball like like – or they tried to make him run the ball like he was still at LSU, right? And he had a great offensive lineman at every position. Um, I, I think he, he, he played his role really well last year, you know, with uh, Ronald Jones. And I think, uh, you know, if he's smart, he'll run it back and, and get <laughs> try to get another uh, championship. Speaking of the offensive line, just going to that one, are there any teams that – we know a bunch of teams that need protection – any of these offensive linemen that are free agents like Trent Williams, Taylor Moulton, Brandon Scherf, Joe Thurney, do any of these you think actually move to different teams and are able to help out teams like the Giants or the Jets who want to shore up that offensive line? I don't think so. As, as, as a Giants fan, a guy like uh, Moulton, um, he, he'd be a really nice addition to any offensive line. He played really well last year. I think the Panthers would make sure he gets re-signed and they do their job there. Um, and, and then uh, – Joe Thune is, is is interesting, um, young guy from the. I think he's with the Pats right now. I see him going back. It, it, these offensive linemen are premium. They're just they're at a premium now. It's it's hard to get it's hard to get a bunch of young guys and get them to gel. So you have to be a rebuilding team like the Giants to be able to get a bunch of young guys and not not be worried about that. But if you're a team that's trying to contend, you'd love to have add any of these guys, right? But it, it's just it's it's tough to get them because these guys really hit the market. Trent Williams got traded and I just think he'll get resigned because he's he's solid enough, right? To stay to stay stay in place. But I don't think any of these guys really hit the market. If any of them do, I expect some some decent money to get thrown around to get one. Yeah. Trent Trent Williams isn't going anywhere. That's that's the one guy that I was gonna talk about. He he's not going anywhere. And if he does the San Francisco 49ers are fools, right? He's yeah. he he's gonna sign a contract that's gonna make him probably the the highest paid left tackle in the league. He's just that good. Um, he told, he told people that he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm not, he told reporters, I'm not leaving. Uh, or he said, I'm not looking to, to leave. Um, he said, San Fran is, is the leading candidate. Right. Um, he, but he said, I'm just trying to see what my value is. Right. So he's, he's testing the waters right now before he, he probably signs a, a contract. He's already told the team he wants to resign. He told the, the team wants to resign. The, yeah. The team told him he wants to resign. So, uh, or they want to, to resign, resign him, but, um, he, he's not going anywhere. He's, he's going to get a big contract this year. I think that's safe to say um, at this point, you probably better off trying to draft and build through the draft with your offensive linemen because we mentioned offensive linemen like this is very rare that they, you know, move around and go to different teams. Tight ends because we're going to save the, the most dense wide receiver free agent class for the last one we'll talk about because there's so many names so many different ways we go with that conversation tight ends you got hunter henry john U. smith you got rob gronkowski jared cook gerald everett any of these names get moved any of these names could actually make an impact on a team like is rob gronkowski is he done does he run it back with the bucks like What's your thoughts on these tight ends that are free agents? 
Man, I was watching an interview with Michael Strahan and, and Robbie G when uh Rob was in in uh Disney right after after the Super Bowl. Rob said he feels good and and he said he if he did come back, he didn't see any reason not to come back with with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and everything that they just did. He said it'd be silly to, you know, even think about go, going somewhere else. So, um and he said all all signs indicate that he is coming back. So, I think he'll run it back one more time with, with Tom Brady, and I, I think they'll, they'll walk out together um, when it's all said and done. Tight ends historically move around a lot. Tight ends usually hit the market and they usually get paid. They, yeah, I mean, they don't get paid big money unless you're like – and the guys who are great do get paid good money, but they don't leave. Uh, but guys like Jared Cook and these guys that are in Everett and um, guys like that, these guys – will move around every couple of years and have a good year here and there if there was the right quarterback in the right system. So a lot of these guys can go help teams, but I expect to see a lot of movement with the tight end market, market because there's not a great tight end on the market. Like, I mean, Gronkowski is still very good. I don't know. He, I don't think he's great. He's aged. Um, but he's a he'll and he'll, you know, if he's in the resigns and go back to the buck. So he is the most, he's probably the best tight end out there on that market. I know I missed the name, right? I don't think I did. So, yeah, I, I, that market is that, – that, those guys are going to move around a ton. And they'll, they'll, in the right situation, a guy like Jared Cook can help a team. He definitely can. He's solid. And guys like wide that. receivers. Y'all talk to me. Tell me what y'all thinking about the wide receivers. I'm not even going to list these names. We, we got 15 deep. Everybody oh. from oh, Will so. Fuller to Chris Godwin to Corvette, Corvette, Juju Smith-Schuster, like – it's a lot of names on here. Yo, Who Greg, start, like? start it off, Greg, with, with your boy uh, Allen Robinson. Let's talk about him. I don't see how he moves. I, I don't think he moves. I don't think Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay moves. Um, yeah. Kenny Galladay is elite. He's elite. He doesn't get a lot of attention because he plays in Detroit. He plays in the middle of nowhere. But he is so good, and he's he's so good at contested catches. I think he was the best receiver in football at contested catches last year. And Allen Robinson is obviously a stud. And if, if, if he could move, I, I mean – I would love for Allen Robinson to move for obvious reasons. Look, as a Giants fan, the Giants need a receiver. So I'm really excited about this list. But, yo, even when you get down to, like, the the concession prizes and the guys that aren't the top of the top, yo, one way or another, the Lions are losing a a damn good receiver. They're going to lose either Kenny Galladay or they're going to lose Marvin Jones Jr. Marvin Jones Jr. can play. He can play. Come back to the Bengals. We will accept you with open arms. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and he was originally with the Bengals, and he's very, he's very, very, very talented. And I know the, the Pats are looking at him. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, we'll see what happens there. That's really interesting um, because of the issues he's had over the last year with the, you know, Corvette, Corvette and, you know, Steelers having all them issues with his maturity level. Um, but I think he ends up back. With, I, I think he ends up back with the Steelers, man. I, I think he does. Um, Chris Godwin, I think he's going to end up back with the Bucks. I don't think he leaves Tom Brady. I think he takes less money. Which to me, I mean, you know, you want to go try to win the Super Bowl, keep this thing sustainable. He'll try again, even though if he hits the market, he'll, he'll be a guy who really commands a lot of money too. Um, but man, that top, the top options here are Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay. If one of those guys hits the market, it is going to be a mad dash between a lot, all the teams in the league to get to get the receiver to get that that those receivers. And then um, a guy like um, Fuller, right, who's gonna hit the market. Fuller had the the suspension because of PEDs. I don't think that really affects his market too much. He's gonna miss the first game of next year. That's it. He is he is a speed demon. He's fast. He can take the top off of your defense. He has good hands. Um, he's a he's a solid player, and he played with a great quarterback nonetheless. But our teams need that. My team needs that. My team needs that over the top elves. So yeah, like he would be a great a great addition to any team. Like 
There are so many great receivers to choose from, and a lot of this is going to be dependent on, again, on where these quarterbacks are number one. The quarterbacks control all the cards because a lot of these guys – I know Allen Robinson once said he wants to play with Deshaun Watson. Duh, who doesn't, right? So right. My, that might affect the way the Bears affect uh, – talk to him or, you know, talk about ta- – negotiate with him and see if they want to tag him and things like that. But I'm excited about this market because I know that whatever team needs a wide receiver, a.k.a. the Giants, they'll get one. They're going to get one. And, I, and it's going to be a, a really good receiver at that. So I'm excited about this as well. Lord, Lord knows y'all need it, but uh, <laughs> nah, nah, for real though, I, I had I had a lot of the same takes as you. Like I, I don't see a lot of the, these uh, wide receivers moving, but at the same time, like I I personally think that the Bears are gonna tag Allen Robertson and, and try to see what his trade value market is, right? So mm-hmm. um, the the thing that's so impressive about him is like, bro, we talked about it, like he just as a wide receiver playing with two different quarterbacks, like he didn't have the perfect system. He didn't have one quarterback thrown to him all year. He had Trubisky at times, and then he had Foles at times, and he still produced. Like he had 102 yards, um, only six touchdowns. But again, that's because, again, you're playing with Trubisky and you're playing with with Nick Foles, even though Nick Foles is a a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But at the same time, it's not the same. Uh, And and he had over 1,200 yards this season. So um, again, the team can still tag him, which – it, we expect that they're going to they're not just gonna you know not get anything for him um and, and they'll probably end up trading him uh if, if the the market's hot and, and teams are offering a lot for him but Kenny Galladay again I don't, I don't see I see Marvin Marvin Jones moving I think uh the the Lions will, would keep Galladay just due to the fact that he wins one-on-one matchups Marvin Jones is is older in his career right he's not gonna win you a one-on-one I mean at times he will but it's, it's not at a high percentage like Kenny Galladay. You throw it downfield, Kenny Galladay, more times than not, is, is coming down with that. And then Godwin, like, with, with Chris Godwin, he's going to run it back. Like, he, he has to. You just won a Super Bowl. Like, like why wouldn't you? Like, don't there, – there's time – there's a time and a place to go be the number one receiver somewhere else. I know, um, you know, you got Mike Evans over there and your touches were reduced, like – just to put it into perspective, so so the uh, our listeners know like how much Godwin's role was reduced from when he was playing with uh, Jameis and then when he was playing with uh, Brady this past year. In 2019, um, he had like in 2019 with Jameis, he had uh, 121 targets, something like that, um, 86 receptions, and then uh, I want to say 13 1300 yards, a little over 1300 yards, and, and nine touchdowns. In 2020, when Brady came, we all know Brady had a bunch of weapons, right? He had um, he had uh, Scotty Miller, he had Gronk, he had Antonio Brown, uh, he had what's his name? I just mentioned him, Mike Evans. Um, he he had a bunch of wide, wide receivers, right? So, understandably, Godwin's touches were going to go down, and and his touches went down kind of significantly. He he went from seeing uh, 101 121 targets to 84 targets. But he still had 65 receptions and, and just shy of a uh, thousand yards, coming in at 840 yards and, and seven touchdowns. But the sacrifice you make with that is you win a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl with Brady, so like, why would you leave? Go be a star wide receiver on you know a team that you know maybe gets to the playoffs, but but doesn't take it to that that Super Bowl uh, level. And and we all know Bruce Bruce Arians isn't gonna let him walk, right? Why would you give away one of Brady's favorite? targets you know so he's gonna 
my guess is he's going to get franchise tagged. I don't think he's going to hit the market. Um, but other than that, man, Juju Smith, I, I know you mentioned him. For, for Juju, he's going to run it back with – I can see Mike Tomlin bringing him back. He was productive his, his uh, first three years last year. Um, obviously, Claypool was the star, the, the emerging star in that team. But uh, I think Ju- Juju just needs to, to mature. But um, he's not a bad wide receiver, and, he, and he's going to produce for the Steelers. Two, two names can, uh, for, by the way. Two names I thought what? of when we were, we were talking about this. We didn't have it on our list. Corey Davis from the Titans, Curtis Samuel from the Panthers, two guys that I think are definitely going to be on the move this year and are, are really good wide receivers that can help a team, you know, like the Giants. Two two guys I, I, I'm excited about hitting the market, too. It's going to be great. Hey, any team that need a wide receiver, there's no excuse you can go get one because these teams are, are – their value, those receivers' values are down because you can get a lot of these great wide receivers in the draft now, and you don't have to pay them as much. And that's what Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, oh. Kyle Pitts. He, Kyle Pitts ain't going to come into the league as a tight end. It, hopefully, the Bengals scoop him up and we use him. And, and man, and we, we got pick Kyle Pitts. That is, that is why the Bengals are not good. If they pick <laughs> Kyle Pitts, that is why they're not good because you do all the wrong stuff. You're gonna get no, killed. No, no. You're gonna get him killed. Listen, listen. We can we can get alignment and and we can either get alignment or we can get one of a, a like a really good weapon for for Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase, who he's already played with at LSU, and um, Kyle Pitts, who you can create mismatch situations with. Bro, you can line them up uh, against linebackers and he'll blow by them and, and create mismatches. Man, Kyle we Pitts is listen. falling because teams are gonna pick. They're, they're gonna pick team, they're gonna pick in the trenches that early. You're gonna get guys that can help you win long term, like a Penny Sewell. Like that'd make a lot more sense for them. More, more, Listen, more I'm all leader. like you're I'm not all. taking you're not taking Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is falling now. Is Kyle Pitts falling to the Giants? I'm not stupid enough to think that. If he does, I'd be the the Giants. Giants. But the Giants, hey, the Giants are gonna get one of these great receivers. It, it'll, listen, Giants can get Jalen Waddle. Devontae Smith might fall because Kyle Pitts is rising. Jamar Chase isn't gonna fall that far. I know that, but like, yo, the Giants gonna get a really good receiver. What do you? What do you guys? Eleven or seventeen? Eleven. 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 You know what? Let's say all of them are gone. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts. Let's say they're all gone. Let's say all those guys are gone. Uh, uh, I don't know if I got anybody else. Like these good receivers. If the Giants are eleven, the guy I'm rooting for is Rashad Bateman. Go watch his tape. Rashad Bateman is insane. He's so good. He's exactly the Giants need. Giants need someone that can get open, create separation, and get open. Give Daniel Jones a reliable target, and he can. He, he's good with yak. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he is good. He's good up to catch, man. Yo, listen, he's like a Devontae Adams. That's my comparison for him. Devontae Adams is like is is this? I think these guys are one and the same. Same cut from the same cloth. Yo, real real quick, Antonio, who do we think the? Because obviously we're talking about wide receivers, and we know the one team that needs wide receivers, or maybe two teams. Um, the Jets, they they need Dan there every position. Who, Greg? Yeah. Who do you kind of think like the if if one? And I'm not talking about through the draft. I'm talking about if one of these receivers hits the the market, right? Whether it's free agency or you know they get tagged in a trade. Can you see someone like Allen Robinson going to the Jets? Only way he goes to the Jets is if the Jets throw an absorbent amount of money at him. Or if they get their quarterback situation right, they get like they get Deshaun. That's the only way I see it happening. If he has his choice of where to choose from, he's not picking the Jets unless Deshaun's there. I think he's more likely to play for the Giants than the Jets. And I don't even think I think if he has free agent in the market, that he's probably not going to the Giants either. Unless the Giants throw a lot of money at him. Like that's why that's what I think. Unless he thinks highly of Daniel Jones on the low, I don't know it. But I don't I don't 
think that's the case. I think he's going to go try to play with a high-level QB, a guy who's proven it already. So I don't think he'll end up there. Um, Kenny Galladay is a much – if Kenny Galladay hits the market, I think he could be a giant. I really do. I, I think really Juju Smith-Schuster would be a better fit for the Jets and somebody more likely to go to the Jets mm-hmm. um, than Allen Robertson because you talk about Jets and Giants, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, are they really, you know, on the – favorite list of wide receivers like I want to go play with them again like Greg said unless behind closed doors they got fathead posters on a wall of these quarterbacks I don't think wide receivers of that caliber are going to the Giants or the Jets I will say this Allen Robinson did tweet during the the, uh, Giants game this year that Slayton is really really good so maybe he wants to come play with Slayton who knows maybe he wants to come join Slayton his boy with the Giants that'd be fun I, I Yo, one way or another, you get a re- you're gonna get really, really good receivers. If you get Curtis Samuel, that's a good receiver, man. That's like really good player in this league. I'm excited about the idea of getting him. Like, I don't need I don't need Allen Robinson. I don't need Gaudi. I don't think those guys are gonna leave their teams. If one of them does leave their teams, and and every team will throw the bank at them because Gaudi is elite and he's underrated. And and Allen Robinson, we know what it is with him already. I'd love to get my hands on him. I think I, I think the Jets and Giants oh, are sweepstakes for sure. No, hey, don't don't come on now. <laughs> Before we close out, next, bro. <laughs> Before we close out, I'm gonna throw out throw out some of these older Whoa. wide receivers and let me know if y'all think they have a chance to still be productive in this league and if they should hang them up. T. Y. Hilton. Oh, productive. A. J. Green. Sammy Watkins, Danny Amendola. Nah, Danny's out. Bro, the, the Raiders could use any one of them. Danny? Danny, Danny, no. Danny might be done. If, if T.Y. Hilton goes to the Raiders and plays yeah. alongside Henry Ruggs and Nelson Aguilar, who had a good – he's a free agent too, by the way, um, and hopefully he resigns because he had a, a better year uh, in his first year with the Raiders, more productive. He, he was a career year for him, career year in, in yards, catches, um, the whole nine. But if you put T.Y. Hilton and Nelson Aguilar um, on opposite sides with, with uh, Henry Ruggs in the slot and Darren Waller too, who's more like a wide receiver and not a tight end, they're going to be a problem. All, all they need is a good quarterback. You send Deshaun there with, with, all, with all those weapons – Yo, we talking Raiders and playoffs. We talking it's it's gonna be crazy, but that's not gonna happen. But AJ AJ Green, I don't know, man. I mean, he had a not a bad year with with the uh, Bengals this past year, but he didn't look the same. He's one of those receivers that you look at and you say, "Damn, what happened?" Like he just he lost a step in his acceleration downfield. He couldn't get any separation um, with, with any receivers, even jump balls, man. He didn't look himself going for them. He couldn't come down with them. You know, he, DBs in this league are good. And, and when you lose a step, they're going to take notice. Yeah. Any of those? T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. He's going to be good for – he's going to be really good for a team. And I, I don't think the coach let him go. But if the coach let him go, it's because I think Michael, Michael Pittman Jr. is true. That's the, that's the only reason why they let him go. Because Michael Pippen Jr. is going to be nice. I'm telling you. I, I, I'm a fan. Okay, so I think that if they do let him walk, he's going to go help a team right now. I can see the Pats in on him, which wouldn't make a ton of sense for them, but they never really, really rebuild. So I can see them doing that too. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens. That concludes right there. Let's talk about free agency. Our next episode, we will talk about the defensive side 
You got the linebackers, you got defensive backs. And of course, every year, the most important part on defense that you could go out and get are your pass rushers. It's a lot of teams that need some edge rushers this season. So we'll talk about that next episode. But y'all know the vibes. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Peace.